Welcome, you're listening to A Certain Degree. This is a weekly radio show on WPRK featuring a local maker, artist, or professional who is doing something neat. This episode is brought to you by Shotgun Bedding. Sometimes you need a bed, and you need it fast. Who are you going to call? You're going to call the friendly neighborhood sleep installation experts at Shotgun Bedding. This isn't just a mattress we're bringing to your house. It's a space-age foam polymer that is shot at a high velocity wherever you want, in whatever shape you want, and it'll be stuck there for years. Instant bed that's there forever. As with most of our products, don't ingest it, look at it directly, or allow your mind to wander or to give in to dark thoughts when laying on it. Order your comfy shotgun bedding at toacertainderie.com. Now on with the show. Beach Fossils on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. Good morning. My name is Nick. I do this every week, and every week I have a very special guest. This week is no exception. Gary Lee is here. Good morning, Gary. Good morning, Nick. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for inviting. Yep. So Gary is a uh, is a Canadian, and so we'll talk about that, I'm sure, quite a bit. I think I mention every episode that I'm Canadian and how proud I am of that, but uh we're going to get to Piante. Is it pronounced Piante? It's Piante, yes. Piante Design, uh, which just opened here in Winter Park. So garden design and uh, everything that you need for the garden because you have a retail shop open as well. So you're doing a That's little bit right. of both. And you're down from Canada doing that. So still doing that a little bit in Toronto, but mainly now your headquarters is are here. in Winter Park, yes. That's fantastic. That's right. So I don't know you all that well. And so, you know, one thing we always do to get started is get to know you a little bit better. So we're going to start with a game. It's 20 questions and you just let me know whether you're kind of for something or you're not so hot on it. But instead of saying yes or no or up or down, I'm going to make it more difficult for you because that's the kind of thing. I think everybody needs a little difficulty on a Monday morning. Right. Oh, great. Yeah. (laughs) So you're going to say speak softly or carry a big stick. So this is a famous phrase. It used to be speak softly and carry a big stick. Now we're going to do either or. Because what's better than having a nice conversation? You're speaking softly. You're calm. Everything's fine. Carrying a big stick, that's heavy, right? And I think from the perspective of somebody doing garden design, you probably don't want a bunch of big sticks around. You're probably looking for something a little greener. That's right. In that area. Yeah. So carrying a big stick, uh, not that great. So first of all, let's start with daylight savings. Speak softly or carry a big stick? I would say speak softly. Speak softly. You're okay with it? I'm okay with it, except um, I'm not okay with falling back. I think that's Uh, that's silly. So the spring forward you're fine with. But daylight savings in general, just the the idea of it being earlier and being lighter. Yes. Yes. Okay. So you're good with that. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, Voicemail. Speak softly or carry a big stick. I would say carry a big stick. You know, you don't care no, for it. No, I no, just dread it. It's like why? Why didn't they send an email instead? <laughs> so, right. So you get the two minute. So if I ever leave you a voicemail, I'm usually like, uh, it's going to be a two minute conversation yeah. that you're going to have to listen exactly. to. Exactly. Yeah. And you'd prefer just me to write my thoughts down. Exactly, and I could read it every time I want, rather than dollar number to try to figure out it, yep. write down the details exactly. of what i'm talking about yep. yeah yeah okay good to know colonizing mars um speak softly or carry hmm. a big stick i would say 
carrying a big stick. How come? Because I, I feel like you know what we've we've done enough damage there. Why spread it f- to further field? Oh, <laughs> so, know, so done enough damage so just, here. Yeah, why? So why? Yeah, do that yeah. there. But what about the idea of uh, you know you're going to have to do some garden design there, uh, or they'll need some garden design there. Maybe you could be the first person to go over and really help with that. So the horticulture and the um, uh, the terraforming of the planet. Right. So I mean, I haven't watched uh, Matt Damon's movie, but oh, I, Martian, I suppose yeah. yeah, you can you can grow potatoes. Apparently, yep, a lot of potatoes. <laughs> a lot up of there. potatoes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I would see it as a as a challenge. I think it would be make a very interesting project. Um, but in terms, other than that, I don't think living there full time is that great of an idea. So okay, so very good. Uh, so how about smart homes? Have you seen all the devices that you can have, like the Nest for your uh, for your air conditioner and the other things around your house that can control everything? The, you know, you can take it to the extreme with the fridge that'll tell you or order your food for you when it sees that you need something. I would say speak softly for most people, but for me, be carrying a big stick. Oh, okay. Just, How come? Um, it's it just something that uh, I, I'm not the most... Uh, technologically savvy person um, in this world. So I I feel like, you know, there are these like hidden things I'd be like using in a stupid way and then all of a sudden (laughs) I I realized you could could have pressed this button instead. And it would have done the same thing. Yes, there's an app connected to your phone. You could have, you know, do it remotely. And uh, yeah, so I'll I'll be missing out on those experiences (laughs) completely. So... Do you have any of the devices like the Alexa in your house or anything like that? So you can just ask it to do something oh, or God, tell no, you the weather? No, no. I, I still find it really, really weird. So like, do I say please or say thank you? Like, am I supposed to right. mind my P's and Q's, you know? Right, because you might hurt the uh, the device's exactly. feelings yeah. and it might seek to get its revenge on you. Exactly. You yeah. never know. Yeah. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, Amazon Go. Have you heard of the store? Um, sort of. So I, this I is the one, yes. yeah, this is the one they've just tried the first one up in Seattle. It opened about a month ago, a month oh, and right. a half. Yes. And you walk in, you take what you want, you put it in your bag and you walk out. As long as you have the app open, uh, it'll go ahead and track it for you. You don't right. have to, there's no cash register. There's no even self-checkout. I, I, it's I, just kind of cameras everywhere yeah. and checking you out for you. What do you think about that? Hmm. I, I would <laughs> say... Speak softly for most people. For me, it's just like feels so weird as if I'm shoplifting. Right, right. That's something you have out. to get yes. over, right? Yeah. To go in there, and there's still people there uh, because you know you can't just. It's not just an empty store. There's still some right. associates there sure, and things sure. like that. But yeah, I, I I still like the more organic experience, like just talking to people and just. I'm I'm not afraid to to say hi to speak to the cashier and just ask him how, how are things, you know, just, just, you know, just simple hellos. And, you know, I feel like just observe your niceties with people and just, yeah. So take a minute and have an actual human interaction. Exactly. Rather than just, and it does feel a little bit like avoiding interaction altogether, right? You can go in, you can get your stuff, you can leave. It's not that much different than I guess ordering it online, right? You're not interacting with anybody. Yeah. But you do get to see it. You do get to pick it up and yes. smell it and do things like that. Yes. So that's nice. Uh, how about zombies? How do you feel about zombies? Well, um, well, as long as they're vegans, I would say speak softly. Otherwise, they'll start munching on my gardens and destroying plants. 
Oh, so as so, long as they're as long as they eat meat. That's right. So Okay. That makes yeah. sense. I like yeah. that because then the uh yeah, to your point, you don't want any vegan or vegetarian. Well, exactly. I guess Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, they'll start messing up your designs. Exactly. That's not a good thing. The so. war that's the last thing you want in a zombie apocalypse. Exactly. I it's something I hadn't considered as one of the uh potential assaults. No, I, I guess that'll be a different spin on the whole uh, zombie <laughs> theme, so I think we should do that for every type yes. of, uh, you know, for accountants. Do, will they mess up the, yeah. you know, the Excel documents and the, the tax returns? Because now is that a dependent? Is it not a dependent? It's a zombie. Exactly. I don't know anymore. <laughs> yeah. So we'll do that for every type of career choice. I right. think that's something that hasn't been explored yes. yet. Good idea. Good idea. Uh, okay. So taking your phone in the bathroom. Speak softly. Which you could in the bathroom, I guess, speak, or carry a big a stick. I would say speak softly. Yeah. Um, as long as you're not clumsy like me, you end up dropping the phone into the <laughs> toilet. Uh, but you've you got to do keep your minds occupied, you know. Well, you're also a small business owner, <laughs> yes. so you have to stay connected. Yes. And uh, things of that nature. And I do want to talk about, you know, sort of how much you started, I think, in, in 97, right? In 97, terms of doing yes. garden design and um, floral design floral, and things of that yes. nature. Um, and how much social media has probably changed your life right. and how much of a, a beast that is to, to feed all the time. Right, right. So I think that's pretty interesting. So we'll talk about that a little bit sure, more as well. Yes. How about coffee? Speak softly. Nice. It's funny, I didn't start um, drinking coffee until maybe my second year into the business, maybe 1999, I would say. Oh, um, okay. It's like around Christmas time, and it was just like the, the hours are so grueling, and you just needed something a little pick-me-up. So during the day, so I started drinking probably around 3 or 4 in the afternoon. That was the time when That I was, was your first my cup long. of coffee? Yeah. Wow, okay. I know. Yeah, survived school without, <laughs> so... <laughs> So originally from Hong Kong, you have lived in Canada for most of your life. Mm, yes. And then you also spent some time in England uh, studying as well. Yeah, it's mostly through online, but I, I, I got to travel uh, oh, okay. quite a bit just to see. So have you been a tea drinker until you started drinking coffee or because that's traditionally what no, I would think of? Yeah, yeah, I guess a bit, a bit of tea, like I say, the Hong Kong um, milk tea that they use very, very strong, like so strong. And yeah make a spoon stand up straight. So, um, so yeah, I, I kind of, kind of miss that. So you kind of see that and they've used that, that uh, they put, put some, uh, boba, the, the tapioca yep. oh, I in love there it. now. So yeah. So I do sort of comfort food brings back certain memories. So. Oh, good. All right. So let's talk about driverless cars. Let's go back to, uh, uh, to technology for a right. second. How do you feel about driverless cars? I say carrying big sticks cause, cause I mean, it's, it's like, it's, it's scary, but may, maybe in, in Florida may not be a bad thing because I, I, I feel like sometimes I, 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 if, if I'm driving up and down, even Aloma or, you know, there's always like cars driving too fast or too slow. Mm -hmm. But if there's like a one pace for everyone, maybe that's that's a new world order. Maybe that's the best thing for for Florida. And sit so, back and relax while you're yeah. driving. You could read a book. You could yeah, but, but I don't, take a quick nap. Uh, I, I don't know that the, the ones that drive <laughs> like Formula One drivers, if, are they going to be reading a book <laughs> behind a... Oh, I didn't yeah, even so, think of that. The driverless yeah, car technology the, the, for like the NASCAR yes. and the race world. Exactly. So That would be pretty interesting. Just yeah. all robot drivers. Yeah. They'll be... 
Okay. Scary. Yeah, race car drivers, the robots are coming for you. (laughs) All right. Uh, Cinematic universes. Do you watch a lot of the Marvel and DC and Star Wars movies? How do you feel about sort of having these uh, self-contained universes in movies? Um, It's funny because I I, um, I, I would say speak softly in a way that um, you know I for me it's it's um it, it, it's two hours of escape from mm-hmm. from the reality um the last movie I watched uh, was um Black Panther it was yeah. really, really really amazing because uh it brought back a lot of memories of when I first started um in design or, or fascinated by design I was very drawn to a lot of Parisian interiors and they used a lot of African based uh, artifacts or design or motifs Mm -hmm. and I I felt like it brought back a lot of those kind of memories so for me that was very very fascinating to see those design being used in a new sort of you know futuristic way yeah. so it's pretty amazing so so i wouldn't have thought that but it is beautiful from a design perspective and i was thinking yes. the architecture and yes. the costume the design and things like exactly. that but yep. to think of how it's yes. uh it, it could influence somebody in that yes. way as well or bring back memories yes. like we were mm-hmm. just talking about that's pretty neat uh sandwiches how do you feel sandwiches. about sandwiches I would say speak softly for someone who I I mean, I I don't have a fixed lunch break. So it's great that you can just kind of grab something. Yeah. Work and eat at the same time. So what's your favorite type of sandwich to make? Favorite sandwiches to make? Uh, I I, I know in in the UK, sometimes uh, we go to the Pratt uh, and then the and um, they they have this sandwich called um, it's got coronation chicken, so has got a little little. Um, um, so apparently, it was designed for the queen's coronation. So it's got mayonnaise, it's got little curry powder in it. So it's got raisins. So it's sweet, it's savory. So I, I, I miss that a lot. So I wish I could duplicate that, but it seems like a lot of work. I, I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> coronation chicken, like a yes. chicken salad sort it's of thing. It's a chicken salad, but it's got right. uh, yeah. Well, we should do more occasional uh, salads and more. So we've got Caesar salad. We've got coronation salad. Uh, yep. We should try. Maybe that could be our next thing is like you could grow it and then we could market it as a uh, as different specialty for, items for, for different sure, events. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good to think about. Yeah. Uh, how about the beach? The beach. Hmm. Speak softly or carry a big stick. I, uh, my, I would say carrying big stick. For me, it's like I grew up swimming with the family but i'm so used to swimming pools and mm-hmm. and i just i just don't like sand being trapped in my toenails or feet or bring back into the car or the right. house it's just messy <laughs> and then there are sharks and crocodiles or whatever. You yeah say. sharks and crocodiles well, yeah, so. uh quite a few of those yeah what about the um do you ever do a design or have you ever done a design where they want you to bring sort of a beach motif or theme in and you've had to work with that? Not not yet. Okay. I mean it's it's harder to do in <laughs> Canada, although you can kinda of look at um look at the snow and imagine they're just like lying in somewhere in right, right. they're like they're like white sand beaches. White sand yeah. beaches, but they're snow <laughs> snow snowflakes, so very nice. Mm. Uh, how about, and this is interesting from your perspective, how do you feel about tiny houses, maybe personally and then professionally? I, um, growing up in Hong Kong, I, I'm, I, I, I'm not used to great big homes. Like, you know, if you live in, 
have a thousand square feet, your your family's doing amazingly well. It's a palace. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So for me, it's like a, I and and we we tend to think of space in um, very efficiently. So um, so I I, f- I feel like here some of the homes are too big. You tend to think that I I could bring that I, I could bring that in. There's always a place for it where I don't need need it. So you end up um, hoarding a lot of junk. In the house, you have so, to fill the yeah. space so it doesn't yeah, look so, weird. Yeah, exactly. So I, I feel like I, I, I would say speak softly to tiny homes and just, just the whole idea of like using a room, um, making it multi-purpose. Um, you know, like people have formal dining rooms, but you know, what if you're not entertaining? Then it's a waste of space. So I, I feel like you know, rooms should do double duties when, when whether using it during the day or during the night. So, and I, I like to see, you know, like more walls being able to, to move around, to shift and to change shape. I feel like that's, oh, yeah. that's a great way to, um, to utilize a small space. And then what about then the outside? Because if you have a smaller space inside, you're going to be outside more potentially, or you're going to be entertaining more outside. Right. And, 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 but I, I feel like the trend now is like there's less sort of interaction with, with neighbors, with, um, mm-hmm. you know, but maybe there's still people still interact with friends, but sometimes you see them sitting together and just looking, staring at their little screens. Um, so, so, but I, I think, you know, but, you know, it's, it's kind of like me going to, to London or New York and just like staying in a tiny little hotel room you don't want to be in. So you want to right. be out. You're so going to be out doing yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, I like that. All right. So maybe, uh, so recently moving down from Toronto, I've, I don't know if you've ever had this, uh, cobbler, the dessert. Right. Have you ever had that before? Yes. Um, and how do you feel about it? Like, I would say carrying a big stick. I don't like hot fruit. Um, <laughs> Very good. so I, I probably don't mind it if it's chilled or cold or yep. serving with, with a little scoop of ice cream, make it a la mode. But, uh, yeah. Otherwise, it just it just doesn't quite taste quite as sweet when when fruit is heated up. What is your favorite type of dessert? Um, dessert. Yeah, I wouldn't say English tribal. <laughs> um, I would say. I, I I don't know. I'm I'm I like anything with sort of oatmeal or you know, you know biscuit, biscuity type things. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. for me that's that's. Uh, that's uh, brings it, uh, it brought back certain warm memories of childhood and you know just just um the warm comfort food for me so very nice yeah. all right gary well thank you so much uh we are going to talk about piante design here in a second but first we're going to play a song so i feel like i know you now especially mm-hmm. on your views of taking a, your phone into the bathroom so yes got a <laughs> lot of information on you so let's uh play a quick song as i mentioned we're going to hear from uh, Ma- okay, why would I pick this song that I can't even pronounce? Mac the Verskin with Eden, because Eden is a is a garden. Sounds good. Uh, if I understand correctly. And you're going to hear that on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. Mac the Verskin on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. I hope I'm saying that correctly. And if I'm not, and if Mac the Verskin... Either the band itself or some fans are listening. Please uh, let me know how to pronounce that. The song, though, was Eden. And there's a very specific reason I picked that song. Because my guest today, Gary Lee of Piante Design, uh, is here today. Garden design, floral design, uh, garden accoutrement. Uh, 
uh, if you will, at the new store that's located uh, right near the corner of Fairbanks and Park Ave. Uh, but thank you so much, Gary, for being here. And um, one of the reasons I wanted to have you here today is because I often have guests on in industries that I don't fully know all the background of. That's right. And so it's really interesting for me to have somebody here uh, specifically with the garden design background because I don't know anything about it. Um, but, uh, you know, I was even reading, I, I wrote this down or I copied this from your most recent uh, design post on Instagram. So mm -hmm. uh, if you're not following Piante Design on Instagram, you should be right now just because it's gorgeous. And I think it's very inspirational uh, to see something like that and go, oh, okay, I could do something like this here in my office mm -hmm. or I could do something like this here in my house and see those types of things. Yeah, it's really, really beautiful. Thank you. But uh, so this was this was the sentence. We planted a simple combo of Indian hawthorn with variegated lily turf and dwarf mondo grass in the center beds to anchor the exuberant tropical plants along the perimeter. And I don't want you to think I'm making fun, but I like I know all of those words, but in that order, I don't understand what you're saying. Right. So so I think I think for me, it's like you know, <laughs> try to make. Yeah, Instagram is a it's a it's a nice little vehicle. You can sort of appeal to. Diff, people of different backgrounds so yeah so you, you kind of visually want, yes. like you're telling that story visually right. which is what i really like so, about so it. it's kind of like you want to talk to the the everyday lay people um but also you want to sort of appeal to maybe there are other garden designers also watching or looking at what i'm doing so you kind of like do want to sound like a completely you know it's like, pretty ignorant yeah, yeah, person. yeah so yeah um so so it, it's it's um those plants are actually your your sort of everyday stuff that you often see in a lot of parking lots and used commercially. But um, so I, I know that they're really hardy. But uh, I think to to see it to approach it when with in in a new light, so um, in a different eye, so just to um, use it in a fresh way and approach it. So mm -hmm. I, I use them in a very sort of I would say quote and quote European way of styling. Yeah. yeah. So this was a garden design, I think, over in the Lake Davis area. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so you could go see the pictures again on yeah. Instagram and it'll look great. What I was thinking about, though, uh, especially over the weekend, is the idea of garden design has to be, you, you're not just thinking about a season necessarily, no. or else it's not really garden design. It's just a temporary decoration, right? Mm -hmm. You're not thinking about seasonal. You're not thinking about a year out. You're thinking about, well, how is this going to look? in one year, two years, five years, 10 years, depending on the project. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so that was something pretty interesting for me because right. I, I don't think that many, uh, a lot of industries do that type of planning mm -hmm. uh, or are thinking about that when they're thinking about design. The design that I've typically thought of from, an, uh, from a marketing perspective has been very perishable, right. for lack of a better term. Right. So when you're going into a design and you're thinking that far out, how does that affect how you design and is that one of the things that attracted mm -hmm. you to garden design in the first place? Right. I I, I think you know, uh, coming uh, approaching this subject of garden design from a floral designer standpoint, and and floral design, you want instant gratification. You have full control over how the stem would go inside, whether it's a block of oasis or in a in a vase. Um, but in garden design, there's always that that element when you put something down, it's going to grow. Um, 
in 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 a certain way maybe they're approaching the sun maybe facing south or something leaning toward toward the sun so so there's there's always that that um, aspect that you have to sort of relinquish your your control um, to to nature, and it's also very humbling. Um, yeah, but we do think about things seasonally, and I feel like as a garden designer, I have to think of things that would do maybe certain things you wanted to be static, certain things you wanted to to create some sort of seasonal interest for the clients. Mm-hmm. But uh, in terms of longevity and long term, it's it's quite humbling because sometimes you plant a tree. Um, Sometimes you, you're going to think that, wow, that tree is most likely going to outlive me. And it's like, you yeah. know, and, and how do I, you know, answer to future generations? Like, why would that person, stupid person, planted a tree so close to the house? <laughs> and then it turned out to be this massive giant, you know, it's like jack and right. There are some thoughts yeah. that or some planning that goes into that. Right. And that's one of the things you have to consider. I, and I hadn't considered that transition, too. So you were uh, on the floral design side right. when you first started out. And now being over in the garden design, so you bring right. both, you're using both sides, right? Right, sure. Sort of that instant gratification versus the uh, the, the long-term right. uh, vision. So the, the planning process for you then, how much of it is, I, I guess obviously the, so coming from Canada, the temperament, or not the temperament, but the temperature, the the seasons, what you have here in Florida is going to be very different right? Uh, than in Toronto. So you're taking that into account. What about the uh, the sense of space that the person is going for, whether that's a business or uh, just someone, pers- uh, you know, somebody's home or residence? How does that factor into what you're doing and how you do it? Right. So I, I feel like in a usually in a commercial setting people don't usually linger spend that much time staring at something um people like me i do sometimes i would kneel down and take pictures of certain curb design or something which you know people think Speaks that i'm you, yeah. bonkers <laughs> uh, but for a r- residential design there are different style of homes um they're there and homeowners too there are people that um live in a home that's perhaps a bit more showy and on the busiest streets. Um, they just want the world to know that they've made it. Yep. So so th- in those settings, usually I, I try to communicate uh, a message that's quite fast to so be able to to get that message. Maybe it's a color theme. Maybe it's, maybe it's just um, full of topiaries that, that, you know, people know, oh, well, we always spend, you know, how many thousands of dollars to maintain that every month. Um, so... So and and those are subtle subtle messages, and then there are also those that are uh, more introverted clients that that uh, they want to spend time. They want to maybe bring their morning coffee and walk around the garden to to appreciate to to maybe to kneel down to look at a flower to look inside a flower. So so those for those people you design very very differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so something that that takes a bit more exploring rather than something quick like a like a you know like a monochromatic all red co- uh, garden or something you know that that grabs people's attention straight away. So. So we're going to get into the background and your education and how you came about this. Um, But first, I wanted to talk a little bit about, before we get into why you went into this in the first place, can you talk a little bit about the difference between garden design and landscape architecture? Because I think there's a a very distinct sort of difference between the two, but somebody thinking in their head might think, oh, it's it's pretty much the same. Right. So for the rest of the world, um, garden design falls under the umbrella of um, landscape architecture. 
but um, in I, my my school is based in the UK, so UK is the only country in the world, as far as I know, that um, that they would separate landscape architecture and garden design, uh, very much the same way how we view architects versus interior designers. So I would say. Yeah. Um, so, so landscape architecture is very similar to architecture, architects. So, so you deal more with maybe the structural engineer, a lot more planning at the um, more um, nascent stage um, of development. Um, whereas garden design, kind of like interior designers, you deal more with the trade people. You deal with um, um, maybe like as an interior designer, you deal with like, you know, people doing the upholstery or maybe doing the drywall or, or whatnot. So so we, we, we tend to deal with more trade people and, and the homeowners um, in a more personal ways and more, more personal levels. Mm-hmm. Um, but the difference between interior design and garden design is that garden design, um, it in also involves um, a good gardener to maintain the design. Right. Yeah. Whereas in interior design, you know, you put your chair this way, you know, maybe the cleaning lady moved it by an inch, you can always move it back. Uh, but if a garden is not properly maintained, the design would be completely lost, um, you know, within the course of five or 10 years. And then the, the, um, the message that the designer trying to convey would be completely lost and it'd be like hard to right. go back to find out why they were done so in the same way. You have a design eye. Uh, you decided you were going to go into uh, sort of this course, uh, floral right. design and then garden right. design. Sure. How did that come about? Well, as um, growing up in Hong Kong, uh, nature is... It's you have to you have to seek it quite intentionally. Um, otherwise, it is a um, a concrete jungle, um, a lot of skyscrapers and all that. And 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 um, in Hong Kong, there are um, uh, because it's surrounded by the sea, so the the fresh water um, came from reservoirs. So uh, mm-hmm. I remember as a youngster, my parents um, would bring me to those uh, just to those walks around the red reservoir those are the conservation area that you can find nature still I, I don't know about now that I'm talking about like some 30 plus years ago um, so so you, you would see the butterflies you would see the the snails and, and wildflowers wild floras of Hong Kong which has a very similar um, type of climate which is subtropical um, to here um, so so it started as that and um, I remember my dad bring me my first sets of books about uh, identification, uh, just finding out names. And so I just got fascinated and started growing plants and it's it's just everything sort of, um, you know, spinned off from that. So So it was almost a a surreal, magical experience when you were starting to see plants because you never saw them. No. uh, When you were walking around and you were, uh, you know, living in Hong Kong. So then you move to Canada, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, cold a lot of the time, but also very green. What was that experience like? Yeah, I, I you tend to cherish the summer months or the warmer months, um, <laughs> but sometimes summer just is not even warm. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I remember um, just living, um, I, I, was, uh, I came as a visa student, so I was living in the the residence or dormitory there and, and, uh, and just planting uh, tulip bulbs around the, the 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 dormitory and then I got the approval of the school so so that was fascinating to be able to to start digging a hole into the ground and put the bulbs and to see how it 
would come to be in the following year. So, um, and did they, so, yeah. did they end up popping out? Yeah, yeah. They, oh, good. They did. Yeah. So, but it's too cold. Tulips don't do well in Canada in most, <laughs> most, most areas of Canada. Yeah. So the, the digging, was that your first kind of, um, uh, outside experience yes, kind of yes, planting it things? Was, it was quite a surreal experience because you, you tend to just see that on television. Um, in Hong Kong, everything is all about growing stuff inside the apartment. So it's very, very similar to what the millennials are doing now is the urban jungle movement. So I, mm-hmm. I used to have, um, maybe 30, 40 pots of orchids, different orchids around the house. You know, that was my childhood of growing up. So. Oh, you were raising all the orchids yes, in your house? That's oh, right. that's amazing. So, yeah. I'd love to see that picture of you just with yeah. all the orchids standing around. <laughs> yes. I'm doing different poses, which doesn't really that's translate right. no. to, the, to the radio at all. Yeah. So then when you were looking at uh, careers and you were looking at, you know, coming out of school, and, and it's done a little bit differently in mm-hmm. Canada, school is, uh, than in the U.S., but you're finishing up school. You've learned English at this point. Right. And is that when you decided to go into this as a profession or how did that come to be? Did you know that there was an opportunity out there right. in this uh, right. and you just went for it? So it's been um, quite a circuitous path for me. I started off, uh, I was drawn to the more um, scientific aspect of plants. So I, uh, for my master's, I ended up doing um, tissue culture in um, um, creating haploidy plants uh, in maize, zea maize or corn. Um, so basically, the the goal is um, is those are the precursors for for making um, transgenic plants. So back 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 when I was in my early twenties, I was fascinated um, by the idea of incorporating foreign genes into things. Right. But uh, little did I know that. Uh, people don't like to eat that stuff. So that's why they go to, you know, certain places to buy organic. GMO versus yes. non-GMO. Exactly. And were you doing, I mean, were you were actually doing like, or looking into gene splicing or you're looking into just crossbreeding things? So, so I, I, what I'm doing is I laying the groundwork for all that. So basically before you could do that, you could, um, you have to iron out a lot of tissue culture issues. So, um, so because you have to target, um, single cell stuff to, in order to, um, for it to make any difference. Yeah, so, yeah. so you cannot just um, incorporate foreign gene into uh, a, a structure that has so many different cells, so it's not going to be fully incorporated. So to get them when they're they're almost at a single cell stage. But how would you bring that single cell into a fully grown plant? So that, that has a lot of different issues for different uh, plant species. So, so that was, um, yeah, I was fascinated then, but fascinating then, but uh, I... I I don't think I did that great because as, <laughs> as I, it just the artist in me just found it very uh, rigid. Okay. So you were looking so. at, you were trying to apply, you, you love plants, you love yeah. the, mm-hmm. the idea of them and growing them and doing all those things. So you thought right. that that might be the right path for exactly. you. Exactly. Turns out right. it wasn't. No, it wasn't. <laughs> That's very interesting because so. the, yeah, your master's is in that, is in uh, essentially, what is it, crop science? Crop science. Yeah. 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 Um, and that doesn't sound terribly artistic. No, no, there no. might be. I, I don't yes. want to accuse anybody that's in crop science of not being artistic, yes. but that sounds very uh, on the you know the science part of things yes. and the uh, research and the yeah. development, which again can still be very artistic, mm-hmm. but 
not in the traditional sense. No, no. Yeah, so flowers actually became an outlet during those painful two and a half years of my master. So, so I, I, um, I started pursuing um, floral design on the side. So, so that's how I started. So, and your bachelor's is in horticulture science, yes, right? Yes. And so, still along the same lines, but yeah, probably a little more yeah. flexibility so in terms of. What I, you I doing. wish I've taken more ornamental uh, courses back in those days, but I've taken more science. So it's a pretty big field. So, yeah. so it could in uh, anything from turf grass management to vegetables, growing uh, ornamental plants, cut flowers. So everything falls into that horticulture uh, umbrella. So it's, it's a pretty big uh, field. But I have to imagine that helps on some level now give yes. you the confidence to say, okay, this is this sure. type of yes. plant. It's going to do this. Yes. And knowing all the Latin names for things is probably fun too. Well, it, uh, yeah, again, I wish I'd taken more <laughs> of those courses. So, but, but it, it, it helps, you know, yeah. to, you know, to, to help, you know, stick, you know, to, uh, to remember Latin names because uh, there are certain Latin roots to things and, you know, there's certain meaning um, describing certain aspects of the plant. Per se. So you did the science part of things. Uh, and then what I didn't realize in looking at sort of your CV is how many other opportunities there are for people uh, who want to go into this and mm-hmm. learning about it and exams and certifications and things right. of that nature. So you went and uh, there are exams from the Canadian Academy of Floral Arts mm-hmm. and the American Institute of Floral Designers. You did right. both of those exams. Yes. Yes. Um, and then you did your training classes in uh, France and the Netherlands and the postgrad diploma in garden design in, in the UK. That's so, right. Man, you've been doing a lot. What yeah. What is it about you that attracts you to keep, you know, sort of doing those improvements and doing those additional things? I, I can understand from the exams or probably right. that gives you a sense of uh, uh, credibility. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. So if somebody comes up and says, can you do floral design? You say, yes, I have this. Right. Right. Thing, this piece of paper that says I can. Yeah, I, I guess um, I, I'm, I'm not driven in the traditional driven type A kind of way, but I, I guess I'm slightly more type A when it comes to design uh, yeah. things that are design oriented things. And, um, I, I like to seek out, uh, the best and learn from the best. And, uh, so I'm, I see myself as a student. I, I always see myself, there's always going to be something to learn from, from people. There's always something that they know that I don't. So I, I, I find that, um, the, the best place to be as a designer, cause like you always keeping your mind, mind very open mm-hmm. to new things, new ideas. So. And that so. applies not only to sort of a, uh, a classroom or a workshop environment that might also apply to just, um, uh, researching things that are out there from, you know, other Instagram accounts, for example, right, is right. just sinking out. Do you often find that, and this is something I'm curious about, you have a lot of different industries that are very collaborative mm-hmm. and some that are very closed off. You know, right. they want to protect their secrets or their designs mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. along with the knowledge they have. What is garden design like? Do you find that you can talk to other designers or you can collaborate with mm-hmm. other designers or... There's like a Facebook group where you go on and talk right. about some of the things that are out there. Yeah, and in, in the in the UK, there's like the whole um, society of garden designers, so it's it's a much more recognizable profession there. Um, for for here, is is slightly harder. I feel like there there are different um, things for. Um, 
I think there's one for 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 landscape designers, but but outside of the landscape architecture field, it, it's it's hard because I think that's how people understand uh, if you have any credibility, you have to be a landscape architect to do anything here. So so I feel like it, it's um it's slightly harder to find. I mean, this there, but I just have to sort of intentionally seek seek out those things. Um, so, but in general, um, garden designers, I think we're a very um, friendly bunch of people. Uh, so I think, I think, um, you know, they believe in sharing knowledge and, mm-hmm. and all that. So it's not, uh, it's not as closed off. And I feel like nowadays also with uh, social media, um, there's so much cross pollination and, you know, it, it's before we used to say, you know, in, in design, you know, like in North America, we're like maybe five years behind what the Europeans are doing. But I feel like with Instagram now, there's so much cross-pollination that, you know, you don't have to excuse anymore. Yeah, you don't have to go over there and take a look at it. You can see it uh, pretty instantly or at least get a good idea of uh, what's going on with it. Sure, yes. So you're doing garden design now. You come down to Florida to Winter Park because... No, you can do year-round garden design, which I imagine you can't do in Toronto. No. And what about opening a business too? So you you have a retail space. Is that right. something new for you? Did you have something like that in I've, Toronto? Yeah, I've I've always done retail, um, and I'm I'm I think I'm I'm good at it. I'm good at setting up retail shops, but I'm I'm just not as good as working in it. Um, well, you want to be out in the garden. Yes, that's yeah. right. You, you want know. to be out on the job right, site right. and helping somebody yes. and, and planting the stuff yes. and getting sore and. Maybe right. some vitamin D every once in a while, yes. but yeah. Yes. It's a funny thing for me because it's like, I don't know if you believe in birth orders, how it affects your career. And and for me, being the baby of the family, um, you know, people think of the, the, the baby of the family being the attention-seeking, mm-hmm. spoiled brat uh, type. And for me, it's like... I was going to say that about you. Part, part, yes. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm the type. Um, so... For me, it's like, you know, like uh, that sort of attention seeking bit, it comes off in in the retail stores that I set up. So try to bring it. What is it that you want to bring people's attention? And and I know I'm right on Fairbanks. It's a really, really busy corner and people drive super fast and they're super agitated and angry at each other for some reason um so so you know you do something um you know you 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 spend less time maybe worrying about what's behind the window but maybe trying to grab people's attention from a more macro point of view like just the storefront itself should speak um of the type of business that i do or my design uh, sensibility so need to convey that uh in that split second when people drive at, I don't know, 80 miles per hour. Right, that's about how fast <laughs> yes. people go in Fairbanks. So you're possibly always hoping for traffic then so right. that uh, you can get people to, like, right outside the shop and then looking in sure, yes. and doing that. And how's it been so far? So you opened in October or November of last year? Yeah, um, November, yeah, first yeah. week of November. So so it's been great. Um, so we got, um, you know, like, a lot of support from the local community. Um, so people buying plants from us and also I, I picked up a few garden projects too. Um, so which is very, very exciting for being in the field for just four months. Yeah. So it's short period. So when I wonder how much of that is your reputation from, uh, from Toronto as well as just having that 
you know, having done it for 20 years. Right. So there's a certain maturity to uh, handling the business. So that that came from, you know, just being doing retail for 20 years. Yeah. Um, but there's there's still a lot of things that are very different. Um, I do find that the I feel like I, I'm going to upset a lot of people, but I feel like uh, American shoppers are are nicer, less picky. So, yeah, so they're they're friendlier bunch. So nice. Yeah. So nice. I wouldn't have thought that over uh, Canadians, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I've never, you know, you, you have that, uh, you have that stereotype of Canadians being very friendly. Yes. But what happens, uh, I think when people go into a shop yes. is very it's, different. It's hard to part with that after tax uh, money. Oh so, yeah. So they tend to be a bit more, yeah. you know, screwed, center scrutinize things a little yes. bit more. So yes, absolutely. Well, uh, Gary, let's leave it there for now. We've already done the first hour. So uh, it goes by fast because yes. I'm a joy to talk okay. to, as awesome. I've, I keep saying and hope somebody believes me at some point. So let's listen to a song. We're going to hear Iron and Wine with uh, Claim Your Ghost. Then we're going to come back with some bad business ideas. We're going to talk about where you find your inspiration for design. Uh, maybe some of the trends that are coming up in 2018 and beyond. You know, I think we think about food trends. Uh, so, for example, ironically food trends for 2018 are going to be a lot of florals. What about for garden designs? Do, do we have yearly trends or does it, uh, just like anything with uh, garden design, is it more, is it bigger in scope uh, because of the the nature of it? So we'll talk about all that mm-hmm. and more. Gary Lee, uh, Piante Sounds Design. Great. Thank you so much for being here. This is Iron and Wine on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. Rika Hackman with Violet on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to A Certain Degree. Violet, very appropriate for our guest today. That's right. Our guest, like there's more than one of me, mm-hmm. uh, Gary P- Gary Lee. I almost called you Gary Piante, uh, which you may want to think about as a name change yes. for, uh, for Piante Design. Uh, Gary Lee is here from Piante Design. Good morning, Gary. Good morning, Nick. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, thank you so much uh, for putting up with this next segment, which is, of course, Bad Business Ideas. And Gary, before we get to your bad business ideas, so this is just going to be me kind of riffing on mm-hmm. some terrible ideas that I thought of and I wanted right. to get your opinion on. As a, as a successful small business owner, as somebody who basically is intercontinental, you've been to at least three continents. Right. So that's yes. literally intercontinental. Mm-hmm. Maybe more. I don't know. You could have yeah. been. Uh, so there's going to be some opportunities here for you in the future for Piante Design, for potentially just you. You may not want to put your name on it because it's uh, it's a little bit dangerous. But first, I want to know a little bit more. We talked about some of the uh, crossbreeding and genetic research that you did. Right. You know, a lot of the knowledge that I get is from movies and pop culture. Right. Especially on the science fiction side. So where are we? What I want to know is you have access to the latest information about what plants are doing right. and uh, what's going on. Let's just say yes. Sure, yes. Let's just okay. say yes to that. Where are we on producing a plant that can eat more insects, rodents, and potentially other people? Because I've seen that in movies. Right. So I assume so, that means that's mm. going to come in the future. Where are we in terms of developing that plant from Little Shop of Horrors? Well, I say it would be close to 
none because um, a lot of these, uh, if they're doing crazy breeding or transgenic type research, mm-hmm. um, anything that's whatever stuff, you know, monsters that they create. The cur- carnivorous, within, yes, yeah. that's right. Within the greenhouse, um, to be taken out of the greenhouse would have to be incinerated. Oh, so, really? Yeah, so because they're afraid of, you know, the pollen escaping and cross-pollinating with something. So, so it, it's, yeah, sorry to, to burst your bubble. It's, it's not going to happen. Uh, so we're, yeah. not, we're not there. So, okay. What about, you know, again, with the, with the, uh, the transgenic stuff, plants that become sentient, plants that become smart. Mm-hmm. seen it in Lord of the Rings right. with right. the trees sure. that walk around and everything. Yes. And should we be more worried about plants becoming sentient than technology becoming sentient? Hmm, good question. Um, I, I would say, you know, yeah, you probably should worry about plants being sentient because uh, right now there's a whole sort of vegan movement. Imagine if they find out that uh, you know they're not they're, they're, they could think think for themselves and what, what are they going to eat? Oh, that's <laughs> right? a good point. So, that's a good point. So, Vegans would be out of luck yes, in that case. And no food. And uh, yeah, and if the plants do rise up against us, yes, as I think they did in, in at yes. least one movie. There's right, several right. probably that do that. All right, Gary, thank you for that. May I call you Gary? Yes, great. Please. Uh, let's stay with pop culture for a moment. This is my first idea right. that I'm pitching to okay. you. What is the most overlooked aspect of the Tarzan series of movies? I remember this has to do with yeah. plants. Oh, to do with I was going to say costume design, but I guess. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, you know, um, it's not a line of loincloths, right, but right. we may want to consider bringing back the loincloth right. for people. Um, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't actually know if they're... Um, aerial roots or maybe maybe they are that strong that could handle the weight of of, of people of, yeah yeah so, so this is what this yeah, is what so. i'm thinking what it's easy public transportation nobody's really right. considered sure, that. Sure. swinging from vines Swing. yes could we grow the vines or you know produce the vines uh and then charge people to swing on them because you think about it it's green right it's great for the environment it's probably not great for the vine but if we were to breed a vine that was a little bit stronger uh, obviously have a lot of trees everywhere suddenly so that people can swing from vine to vine. Uh, so the name of this is Carried Away. Carried Away. So we would grow the vines uh, and maybe we don't, maybe we just let the cities and the other municipalities take care of charging people for it or how to pay for it. We just go in there and garden design your new public transportation system. Right. What do you think about that one? Huh. We could have toll vines. You yes, could have like yes. a fast toll lane with the vines. Yeah, I, I mean, how realistic is that? I'm, 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 I'm not so much concerned about this strain stuff. I mean, I'm sure you can breed something that's uh, flexible and strong at the same time. Yes, what I'm I would hearing say yes, is but, it's but, uh, possible. but you know, knowing how people <laughs> drive in Florida here, um, yep. I, I don't think I trust them swinging. <laughs> Oh, that's a good point. Do you think they'll have to get Um, a swinging license? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you get that from your spouse. That's that's a good point. Yes. Okay, good, good. So we'll have uh, key parties and the whole nine yards. Uh, All right, second idea, smells, odors. Uh, This is something that must come up quite a bit in your line of work. You know, you're, you're doing garden design, you're doing floral design. 
uh, flowers especially. I was trying to apply this to uh, uh, people who are very proud of who they are, and you mentioned them earlier, but vegans, right? right? Uh, and, and vegetarians to an extent. Uh, but sometimes you want the whole world to know that you're a vegan. Uh, vegans sometimes fall into that category. Right. What better way to say that than through the magic of odor? So I present to you Toe Fragrance, which is uh, a, a line of perfumes and colognes that smell like tofu. That's our main line. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and But we have other scents such as almond milk, gluten-free bread, avocado form and foam, and much more. Right, right. So now here's the great thing about it. It's not only cologne. It's not only perfume. It's not only a fragrance to let people around you know that you're vegan or vegetarian. Right. Let's say you're vegetarian and you're at a barbecue and there's something really, really good smelling like a, a burger or a brisket or something like right, that. Right. Uh, and you feel bad because, you know, you start to get hungry because of that. What you can do is use our line of toe fragrances and spray that on the food, and then it won't smell like that anymore. It'll smell like tofu or hummus or something like that. And so uh, the tagline, Toe Fragrance, make your nose meatless. Okay. What do you think about that one? Hmm. Well, I, I guess it's a good idea, as, as long <laughs> as there are no um, vegan zombies around. So... <laughs> No vegan zombies. Yeah, that so, could be a problem. Yes, that could be a problem. Then you become Yeah, food. you don't want that scent. <laughs> or you spray other people that you don't like as much. That's right. So, and then the vegan zombies go after them. Yes. Yeah, so I um, like that. Yeah. So hopefully, um, you know, I don't know. Maybe it, it'll become very invigorating. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. And I think for the almond milk scent, yes. all we have to do is put almond milk in a bottle. Right. So for us, it's fairly easy. We don't have to create anything new. It's yes. already there. It right. already exists. So All naturally, right. people, I don't know, they're nuts to begin with. So <laughs> wouldn't hurt <laughs> if you broadcast it a bit more with their scent. So. Perfect. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right. So this is the last idea. I don't have a name for it, but I was kind of thinking this would be a lot of fun. I, I love typewriters. Uh, I have okay. a typewriter. I love typing on it. The idea that you can't go back and edit is a lot of fun. But what I was thinking is, is uh, occasionally you see that paper with the seeds that are already in it. Right. Have you ever seen that? And you yes. just plant the piece of paper. Yes. What if you had the piece of paper was like made out of fertilizer or manure? Let's call it poop right, paper. Right. Uh, but when you typed on it, you're actually embedding seeds in it. So it's a special type of typewriter. Okay. So you can design out your own little mini garden or maybe there's a bigger typewriter or a printer that does something along those lines. And you can group certain seeds and certain plants together, or you can type it out into a different pattern. And then you just take the poop paper that now has the seeds in it and just go in and, um, you know, dig a little trench, put it in, cover it up, water it, and then your plants will come up in a little while. And then you get the message. Then you get the message. Yeah, yes. you can actually type a message in there. Have right, to be fairly right. big, but yes. uh, yeah. Well, well, what do you think about something like that? Well, the, the 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 only problem um, I could foresee is um, the the how viable those seeds are. You have to make sure that everything would germinate. Yes, good uh, point. So so that's. Um, but apart from that, uh, you know what? Maybe it's that's what the world needs because everything is so instant. You need instant gratification. Yeah. So you know, it's nice to to wait for it. Maybe it's a breakup letter. You just wait for it. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> If you're reading this, it's yes, too late. It's too late. I'm gone. Yeah, so. I left three months ago. Exactly. Yeah, because it'll probably take that. <laughs> I like that idea as the delayed right. post-it note breakup. Yeah. 
That actually has mm-hmm. some legs. So right. good. Good. Uh, so it's a Dear John letter just three exactly. months later. All right. So out of those, which do you think has the most potential? We have two fragrance. We have Carried Away with the Vines. And then, of course, the uh, the typewriter. that uh, So you can uh, send special notes that you don't want to send right away. That's right. Um, yeah, I do like that typewriter idea uh, <laughs> the most. Uh, first of all, it's like, is, uh, is it the greenest? No, no. I mean, they're all... I mean, the this the the vine idea is pretty green too, um, but but I feel like you know what it's um, it's nice to be in touch with nature in a more intentional way mm-hmm. rather than so you're growing things rather than uh, um, exploiting things like the as in the the, the vine idea. So you you're an active participant in right bringing nature to. Where where you lately you live or where you you plant that that letter? So and your ulterior motive is to right. say something possibly hugely controversial without exactly. having to be there. Yes. Yeah. Here, just so, read this note in three months. Exactly. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, we're gonna go with that then. And uh, thank you very much. Let's hear another song. We're gonna hear from uh, Bedouin with Dusty Eyes, and then we'll be back with Gary Lee. We'll talk about inspiration and design. We'll talk about uh, his college experience because I'm I'm a little I'm right. still curious about that. I want to go yes. into a little more detail about that, and then some of the trends for uh, garden design and floral design for uh, what is now, gosh, the third month of 2018 already. That's right. That is insane that it's going <laughs> that fast. But we'll be back with Gary Lee in a moment. You're listening to a certain degree. This is WPRK Winter Park, Florida. Postmodern on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was the way it was from their self-titled album from last year. Bedouin before that with Dusty Eyes from their self-titled album. This is a self-titled album as well. It's called To a Certain Degree on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. My name is Nick. I'm here with Gary Lee from Piante Design. Good morning again, Gary. Good morning. Thank you so much for getting up early and being out here. I would imagine with Daylight Savings Time, though, and... Garden design, you're up early most of the time anyway. Well, <laughs> for most people, I suppose. <laughs> Not me. Uh, so garden design, we've talked a little bit about. If anybody's missed any of the show so far, we've talked a little bit about where it is uh, that you're coming from, how you got into it, uh, a little bit about the difference between garden design and landscape architecture. But I wanted to talk about your aesthetic, and then I also wanted to talk about when you're designing and when that, you know, that muse comes to you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of times you're starting out paper and pencil. You may go and research some stuff online or look at pictures and right. and other books. What are you listening to? What are you doing to get inspired when somebody comes in and says, hey, I need uh, X, Y, Z done? Right. Um, I tend to, um, I, I'm, um, I'm a very sensitive person person by nature so I, I feel like you know what I, I need I need a silence so sometimes like talking to clients are great but usually once I finish talking to them I need to spend some time um, for me just just walking around the property looking up and down and walking at different speed and that's very intentional mm-hmm. um, when you walk at a faster speed then you, you can iron out a lot of uh, 
issues with the the layouts, but then there's also you slow things down to listen or to to see what what the house, the architect, uh, the architecture of the home is telling you. And um, and my my training of garden design is um, it is is very much a grid based design. So it's it's um it's very much tied in with the architecture of the home. So you're trying to create an extension. Yes. You're trying to. Do you often um, get the opportunity to talk to architects and see what they were thinking when they designed it a specific way, or did you study enough about architecture that you know kind of okay, this type of Eve means right. this and I'm going to try to incorporate this into things? Um, I, I always find it very scary to talk to architects. Um, it's a lot of them that have that attitude that, you know, it's like, you don't know nothing. You're not worthy to even talk to me. <laughs> so, so I mean, a, a lot of times, you know, it, have, having a little bit of background to, to use certain lingo to make you sound like a intelligent person, those are great things, great knowledge to have when mm-hmm. talking to other architects. But in general, I, I like to rather listen to what the house is telling me or what the building, what the structure um, is telling me or, you know, the surroundings, um, you know, from the trees or from, you know, if it's close to a body of water or something. So let that be my my muse, as you would say. Your guide and yes. your muse. So you're walking around, are you taking pictures, are you taking notes? Pictures and videos are actually really, really handy because oh, really? uh, to capture that sort of um, in situ experience, uh, I feel like that's that's very important because um, I feel like it's it's um, a lot of times, um, and I'm going to say it lightly, that um, a lot of landscape architects, they tend to design things that would look good on a plan, but sometimes when you're actually in it, it's often missing that sort of in-situ experience. So uh, I feel like it's it's a hard balance and it's typically, it's hard for anyone to, to make sure something looks good, but something also feels right when you're in it, so. Gotcha. And then you go back and you're watching the videos and you're looking at all these things yes. and you're sketching things out, right? Right, right. And well, how does that go in terms of the design process? Are you alone and you need quiet for that? Or are you playing some music in the background to help you think and to help you uh, right. uh, come up with things? So usually no music. No music. Because I'd rather listen to what the environment is telling me. Are there, are there birds around or are you trying to lure more birds in the area? Is, do you hear, you know, is there is there um, crashing waves if it's next to... Uh, a lake or something, yeah. you know, so you just want to, you know, let, let those things be your guide and let your senses be somewhat uncluttered. Oh, no, I mean, when you're back, when you're back in your office and yeah, you're sketching yeah, it out. Um, yeah, it's um, light music, I suppose, but uh, I, I find, I still find it easier to work in silence. Yeah. So it just... <laughs> I'm so boring. No, no, not at <laughs> so, all. Not at all. Because I think yeah. there are there are the type of artists that need, you know, part of their brain taken right. up. And so right. they play music a lot of times without any kind of words in it. Right. Because that'll be potentially yes. a distraction. And I'm always fascinated with the people. I need music hmm, uh, in the background. And it needs yes. to usually be not new music to me. Right. Uh, right. So, you know, sometimes I have a, a specific playlist that I know will get me out of a funk right. or right. get me out of my own head a little bit so that I can get some work done. But right. I'm also fascinated by this idea of being able to, to really concentrate 
being able to just have not needing anything to to help me focus, mm -hmm. but being so into the project or being so, um, uh, you know, challenged by it, I guess, is, is what you're looking at and, and how right. you're yes. uh, approaching it to, to get it done. Right. I, I tend to leave things till last minute. So <laughs> oftentimes it's like, you know, thinking of what music to put in the background is not, uh, it's not That's not going to be your so. first priority because you're going to need to get this done. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so sketch phase, you go over it with a mm -hmm. client. Uh, you make sure they understand what your vision is. Do you find that challenging at all? Because sometimes you're, uh, you know, you're, you're looking at paper and I think you know what it right. looks like because sure. of your sure. vast experience yes. in doing this. Yes. Uh, do you find sometimes that it's difficult to convey that, that right. you actually it's, have to have, um, you have to have some props yes. or something in order to, uh, to get them to understand right. it? Um, it? It's sometimes it's very frustrating for me because um, I tend to be a visual thinker. So I, I, I would uh, listen to the clients. So it's very important to, to identify each brief. I mean, each uh design brief for each project is different so you have to listen really listen to the client but also you have to listen to what they their home uh, their the architecture of the home is telling me then also the lay of the land um so for me it's like for most garden designers you sort of present before any design ideas are presented to clients usually there's like some sort of um a mood board that's being submitted mm. um, but I also have problems with that because mood boards are based on things that had already been done so it's it's hard when you have an original idea so those these days most ideas are from somewhere so it's not as hard but for me I still find it a very difficult process to just find something that's already been done and to say you're getting this something like this yeah yeah because yeah, it might not fit no, no. Right. Yeah. And especially a mood board. So are you saying a mood board early on in the process before you Quite, even start yes. design? Yeah. Uh, and you, I would usually, imagine, yeah. I would imagine that's tough too, because then mm. you're saying, well, what if inspiration strikes and you want to go in this direction? Exactly. Yes. You can't do that now because you have this no. mood board sort of um, holding you back. Well, it, it, I still think the process itself is very organic. And a lot of times um, you can put down whatever you want as a garden designer on paper, um, but the moment you start digging, that's that's when you realize that hey, I I, I cannot put a pond here, or because there's just giant bedrock underneath, so it would cost that much more to excavate, and that may not be something that the homeowners are prepared to deal with. Right. So you have to kind of you know so and I'm flexible enough to. There to might also be it, mole yeah. people underneath. That you may not want to disturb because they may right. attack the yes. uh, surface dwellers. <laughs> true, very yeah. true. Yes. Sorry, I didn't mean to yeah. <laughs> totally derailed you. No, no, I apologize. No, that's, that's, that's I great. Just, I'm yeah. fascinated by the yes. fact that you might eventually uncover a race of mole people living under the right, ground. Right, yes. So. I had this idea of coming, moving here and being attacked by killer bees and jumping into a, 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 a body of water only to be eaten by... An alligator. alligator. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it still might happen. The, yes, the day is young. True. The day is very early yes. still. <laughs> well, that's for any. Um, then I, I wanted to also ask you before we uh, play another song about like actually going in and doing the planting and right. interacting with the earth and interacting yes. with these plants. Yeah. How satisfying is it? Okay, so you have the you, you have the project completed, and you're taking a step back from it, and that probably is incredibly satisfying, especially if the right. 
uh, the client is happy with it. But how does that compare to the actual like interaction with the dirt and the growth? Like there's this mm -hmm. idea in my mm -hmm. head, maybe it's a little too uh, romanticized that, you know, that is a very uh, satisfying and uh, just incredible uh, process. It certainly is. I think there are some studies I, I can't quote the the name of the research, but, you but can. When you, when I you, won't when know you, the difference. When you, um, <laughs> right. When, <laughs> when you actually feel dirt in your fingers and sometimes I, I, I'm notorious for not wanting to wear gloves because I, I, I just like the feel of soil, maybe in my nails and the, 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 the touch and the feel of it. And, and it's such an organic experience. Like each soil type, each, um, you know, like property has a different sort of soil combination. So whether it's more clay, more sandy. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it, it's, it's, it's a wonderful experience. And then uh, for me, I, I'm a very naturally very uh, imaginative person. So I, I tend to see things beyond its current state. So when I plant a tree, I see it flourishing in so many years being uh, right. Seeing into the canopy. future of it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so sometimes, you know, with clients, they don't always see that you, you kind of, that's why I go back to, um, maybe some sort of 3d rendering, some sort of, uh, you know, um, scale drawing or, or perspective drawing to give people an idea of what it'll look like in so many years time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In relation to their house or, you know, their property. So, nice. All right. Well, very good. We'll leave it at that. And uh, thank you very much for some insight into that process. Uh, we're going to play another song and then we're going to talk about some of the trends of 2018. Mm -hmm. And uh, actually, you know, your decision to move down and open up shop in uh, the U.S. I think is, is pretty right. interesting as well. Yes. So let's talk a little bit more about that. And to sort of segue into that, we're going to play some LCD sound system, uh, a song called American Dream. On WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, you're listening to A Certain Degree. LCD Sound System on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was American Dream. Good morning. You're listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick. I do this every week, and every week I am very pleased to have a special guest. This week is no exception, uh, although we're almost done, Gary. Oh. <laughs> Such enthusiasm. Uh, Gary Lee is here from Piante Design, a new shop here in the Winter Park area. Mm -hmm. It is located by Miller's Hardware on Fairbanks, just a little bit west of Park Avenue. So you can walk around Park Ave and then go visit Gary and Liz at the shop, except on Mondays. Right. Closed on Mondays. And Sundays. Oh, and Sundays. <laughs> yes. So don't go either of those days. Uh, but, uh, so, but not only a, a plant shop, a gift shop, you have a lot of, uh, unique and interesting gifts there, but also doing the garden design, uh, doing the floral design, doing events and things mm -hmm. of that nature. Mm -hmm. Um, and being new to the area, you have some interesting perspectives on what central Florida is like, but I, I find it interesting that, you know, a lot of those perspectives are going to be around, you know, your expertise, which is growing things. Right. So we were just talking during the break about uh, Central Florida, Orlando areas in a little bit of an interesting uh, temper temperament zone. Yeah, what hardiness. Yeah, zone. yeah. Yes. So you have the you have the challenge of it not being quite subtropical like right. or tropical like Miami, but then it, you know not having that specific cold snap like you right. would up north. Right. Uh, so what is what do you think of the challenges are for somebody to have a garden around here, a really nice garden around here, 
And how do you sometimes overcome that? Right. I think for um, one thing I do miss uh, being from the north is that the the very distinctive seasonality. Mm-hmm. You know, after the 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 horrors of winter, and then you see spring bulbs and you know like little snowdrop, little crocuses popping up, and little daffodils, and and those sites are those are very welcome sights, you know, to see in the spring. Um, here is, is, is a bit um, more muddled. Um, there are a few things that, that bloom, like blossoms that bloom um, with no foliage on, like like the cherry blossoms and things like that from the north. We do get them here, but um, they're, they're looking a little sad. I mean, I know there's like beautiful golden or the pink trumpet trees or those are great yeah. um, here. Um, so it's... Uh, so it, it's um, it's challenging because, um, you know, so we, we tend to think that, you know, and, and also I feel like a lot of nurseries are guilty of that too. They try to tempt you with things that are like, that could probably thrive for generations in Miami. And then you think that, oh, okay, grow that here too. We're just like them. And sure enough, this past winter was like too cold and it killed off a lot of things that have been thriving for five years, 10 years. So it's, it's been, um, been, been a sad things to, to sad thing to see you know things being killed off yeah uh, but also it, it created new opportunity to to put in new stuff and to rethink the whole process and yeah, to the think space that, yeah, and exactly. what you do with it yeah i noticed that too i was looking down my street and i saw a lot of uh, new growth on right. the oak trees right and i'm like guys guys calm down we may have one or two more snacks yes. it's not exactly spring right, yet. right. but yeah it's pretty it, it is a pretty interesting place to be from right. uh from that perspective, right. what about uh, just in general trends that you're seeing uh, within the garden uh, mm-hmm. industry, within uh, people, what they're looking for in terms of uh, ways to spruce up the inside and the outside of their uh, their homes? Right. So I feel like um, countries in probably Scandinavian countries are probably still leading the way. Um, just um Maybe there are more homeowners that are naturally interested in in gardening um here and here it's like I, I don't blame people for not wanting to sit out in the garden during mm-hmm. the heat of summer um so so and I feel like a lot of what's happening trend wise in garden design is also a response to was changing with the architecture of the homes too. So, um, so and here is not it's not changing as quickly, and so we tend to just you know just p- somewhat playing it safe, um, you know, just to to make sure that it the, the gardens do tie in with the homes, and that there are not too many people building crazy things here yet. So, um, so maybe yes. it's all changing. Yet. Yes, yes, <laughs> we'll have it. Yes. We'll have it shortly. Yeah. So. What about in general? Like, uh, you know, I, I think that one of the interesting things on the food side is, I, ironically, we're getting into more right. floral things, right? Like rose and right, sure. and lavender. Are there any other trends? I know air plants have been big for mm-hmm. for for a while now, right? Right. Um, small or big for a while now, but uh, are there any other things that are coming up that are of interest to the? Uh, amateur gardener or you know somebody who might be thinking about redoing their space right um i, I think i think the main thing is to think um uh, especially in, in in this part of central florida um or in florida in general i feel, I feel like you know what you 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 have to worry about the hurricane seasons and uh also the the cold snap because with the with the uh, uh, climate change that's happening, uh, so I, I feel like you know you you have to uh, 
pay attention to those things, you know, just because, um, say, Irma was like the strongest in how many years, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't prevent something of that strength to hit us again right. um, this year. So, yeah, touch wood. Um, so, but but it's like, you know, to, to really think um, of design and think of longevity, think of, um, you know, and just to be... Um, economical with, with with what you put in there to to not to be wasteful and um, to to think of also longevity in terms of trend too you don't want something that's that's you know su- super fatty um, you want something that would stick around and a lot of things that you mentioned like the air plant and succulents and those are those are great because um, they a, a lot of stuff they use uh, their uh, I think zero scraping sorry zero scraping is still a big thing so they, they try to um, put things in there that they're drought tolerant mm-hmm. so you don't have to worry about irrigation and all that so because the, the winter here do get very very dry so. Yeah, and we have had, I mean, really bad summers too without much in the way of uh, uh, precipitation and rain and everything right. else. Sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Gary, we're almost done. So let me just go over where we can find out more about you and Piante Design. Uh, there is, uh, and let me spell it, P-I-A-N-T-E Design. Yes, that's and right. what does Piante mean? Piante means plants, plural in italian so. perfect and i'm not italian no me neither <laughs> no i'm greek uh there's, there's nothing wrong with italians no. yeah. although again <laughs> being greek i definitely have a favorite right so piantedesign.com yes at piante design on facebook and again the one you go to piantedesign.com and you'll find all of these links as well but the one i would definitely recommend for follows and such is at piante underscore design and that's on Instagram. And I think that's fun. And uh, it's interesting, too, that, you know, you started out doing uh, design, floral design. Uh, you're doing garden design now. You have a shop. But really now you have to be an amateur and almost professional photographer yes. in order to have a successful yes. business of any kind, but especially design and retail. Right. So are you going in and taking pictures all the time and making uh, sure that stuff's going up? Right. I, I am, um, but to, um, yes, to a certain degree. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like, you know, like with Instagram, there are all these different filters and all that. For, to me, I, I feel like it's not being authentic. So I think I that's think the danger of that too. So, yeah, there's one thing we know about Instagram. It is 100% not about being authentic. <laughs> right. It is about living your best, and exactly. I'm doing air quotes here, yes. life. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, yes. And I am I'm very guilty of using those yes. to make different colors. I think pop we all are. Yeah. Every once in a while. But that's a really good point. Uh, for next week, uh, March 19th, I'll have Danielle Ziss and Bobby Wesley from the Orlando Story Club. So we'll be talking about that. Uh, Gary, getting up on stage and telling a story. How does that make you feel? Five minute story. Um terrifying yeah so it's actually it's great because what's what's interesting about orlando story club is they have a theme and you put your hat your name in a hat and they pick 10 people from that hat so you don't know if you're gonna get picked or not but a lot of people have gone up there you know they don't know if they're gonna get picked and it's it's their way of overcoming that uh potentially that fear and there's some incredible stories that come out of it uh so it's a lot of fun their next event is april 4th gary thank you very much anything to add Anything I missed? No, I think that's that's pretty much it. Thank you for having me. Oh, my gosh. It was a pleasure. I learned uh, very much uh, everything that I wanted to learn, I think, today. 
And I'll probably think of five other questions, but since you're just down the street from me, I'll just pop into your shop. Yeah, please When come. I feel yes. like it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and best hour and marketing news is coming up next. So let's play a song. How about this is Citizen with Flower Child, appropriately enough for Gary Lee, uh, Piante Design. You're listening to A Certain Degree on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Have a great week. And that's the show. Thanks for listening to A Certain Degree. For more episodes, funny theremin videos, and emotional reactions to clock changes, visit toacertaindegree.com. That's T-O-A, certaindegree.com. You know what? It's been like three days, and I'm still not used to springing forward. More like bringing forward my hatred of getting up early. Am I right? 